Somebody shout amen. Honka's, he's the way maker. Anybody excited this morning? Hallelujah. You know, when I left home, it was sunny and I brought an umbrella because we can't, you know, we're, we're products of our new technology. You've got iPads up here you can't see, all this glare on them. Uh, got a bright screen as far as I can go. I'm old school. I brought paper just in case. Okay. That means uh, I'm a baby boomer. Any baby boomers here? Okay, okay, okay. We're not quite done with this yet. You know, you know what they're calling this virus, don't you? The boomer remover. So, uh, whoa, that's kind of mean, isn't it? So, uh, I'm not planning on going anywhere. So, uh, we're just uh, praising the Lord for that. But you know what? Let's just pray for a minute, shall we? Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that's been here so far. Father, thank you that you are the way maker, the miracle worker. Lord, you step out of uh, out of eternity into our lives and, and affect them, Lord, for good because you love us. You, Lord, you make a way where there is no way. That's who you are. We give you praise this morning. Oh, God, thank you for being the one whom we can look to in every situation, every circumstance. And we give you praise this morning for all things. And all people that agree with that, say amen. Honk your horn. Do something. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity to uh, share the word with you this morning. And, um, um, you know, I, I was saying that uh, we've got, uh, you know, we live, we live in kind of a, a interesting, exciting, uncertain, crazy times. If Dave talked last week about crazy faith. You need crazy faith to live in a crazy time. And uh, that's certainly where we are. I, I just was uh, thinking about the other day, I, you know, uh, last week or two weeks ago, uh, we, the, the world celebrated the 75th anniversary of VE Day, Victory in Europe. 75 years ago, um, Nazism it fell, Hitler was destroyed, and all the things that went with it. And, um, you know, as being a baby boomer, I grew up in a time, anybody remember this? When I was a child, I remember going to school in the 60s, and they would have nuclear drills, remember those? And you would have to climb underneath your table, underneath your desk in your classroom, because if a nuclear bomb went off, that was going to protect you, for sure, you know? How crazy was that? We believe that stuff. Um, but, you know, that's, that's who we are. So we, we lived in a world that, uh, uh, you know, we never knew if there was going to be a threat from Russia if we're going to have a nuclear disaster or, or whatever. Um, you know, now we live in an age when, um, you know, it's not as frightening as that on some, this level, but maybe more so. I don't know. This is, this is more to the point. We have, we have unbelievable technology exploding all around us. We're, we're, you know, we live in a time, um, you know, Connie said she was in Paris in 1969, uh, and somebody walked up to her and said, isn't it exciting? Oh, you're an American. I, you know, you're so, we're so excited for you. Isn't it great? And she said, what? And men were walking on the moon. We don't just have to look at them, uh, at the stars now. We can actually walk on them. I mean, we're living in a time when knowledge is just increasing, uh, you know, just so fast and, and so so quickly. It's, it's, it's more than we can even hand, handle. It, it's, it's a frightening time that we're living in for some people. It's a technologically advanced time. It's a wonderful time. 
Uh, we're living in a world that was never even dreamed of by our fathers. I remember writing the year 2000 in about 1965, and I wrote 2000, because that was going to be, that's 35 years out there. I, we'll never get there. I never expected us to be here today. Now we're at 2020. And um, uh, I want to talk to you this morning about a people who were not living in a time like this, but they were living in, in, a, in a more difficult time a frightening time for them, and that they learned how to trust the Lord no matter how frightening, no matter how bad it was, they trusted God. So I want, to, if you have your Bibles at home, because we can't put these up on the screen for you right now, but uh, I want to talk to you this morning about a story about three young men who were from Israel who had been taken captive and brought into slavery, and they were living in uh, Babylon at the time, and it was Daniel, and he had three friends, and we know them by their Babylonian names. These aren't their Hebrew names, but it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And uh, it's just a, it's an unusual story. And they had been taken captive by the uh, Babylonians and brought to uh, Babylon and taught and trained. And you know, you've heard about the Daniel fast and they were given food and so forth that uh, they didn't want to eat. But they were raised up in the palace of King Nebuchadnezzar so that they could help him. And um, uh, at about this time, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and Daniel interpreted this dream for him, and we, we know that has to do with end time stuff, but he was so taken by that dream that he made a, a great, huge, golden statue of himself, and he proclaimed that every person in the kingdom, when they heard the sounds of music, the harps and the trumpets being played, and, and all of the songs, uh, songs would be played, that when people heard that music, they had to bow their knees, get on their faces, and, and worship the image of Nebuchadnezzar, who was now their God. And a day comes, and the statue's been built, and the music sounds, and everybody in the kingdom falls on their faces and begins to worship Nebuchadnezzar except for three guys. We don't know where Daniel was, but we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not do it. And of course, somebody told on them. There's always somebody who wants to tell stuff about you. And so they, they came to the king and they said, didn't you say, O king, that if everyone who, you know, who uh, everyone had to bow their knees and get on their faces when the music sounded, and you said, if they didn't do that, you would throw them into a fiery furnace and destroy them if they would not worship you, O king. Isn't that what you said? And Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, absolutely, that's what I said. And they said, well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not do it. They, they refused to do that. And uh, so Nebuchadnezzar calls them in and says, hey, uh, they, they brought the three men to the war of the king, and he says to them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden image I set up? Now, if you're ready, when the sounds of the music come to bow your knee, I won't destroy you. But if you will not worship me, You'll be thrown into the midst of the fiery, burning, fiery furnace. Who is a God that can deliver you out of the hands of, of, of that furnace? And Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, this is verse 16 in chapter 3 in the book of Daniel, answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer. We're, 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 we're very sure of our answer on this regard. And, and Lord, I mean, so Nebuchadnezzar, if it's so, our God whom we serve, is able to deliver us out of the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, 
that we will not serve your gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. And when Nebuchadnezzar heard that, he was filled with rage. How dare you insult me and not obey my command? And so he commanded they should heat the furnace seven times hotter than normal. And they commanded his, his most mighty men in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. And these men were bound in their coats, their, their clothes, their hats, their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And because the king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot, the flame of the fire killed the men that were throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the furnace. And these three men fell into the furnace, bound and tied up into the hottest furnace ever imaginable. But shortly, Nebuchadnezzar looked and he saw them and he, he was astonished. And, and he got up quickly and he ran to, the, ran to his counselors to say, didn't we throw three men in that fire? And they said, yes, that's true, king. He said, well, I see four men loose walking in the middle of the fire and they're not hurt. And the fourth man looks like the son of God. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the fiery furnace and he spoke and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, you servants of the most high God. You see, what a witness to the king. He threw them into the fire. They're walking around. There's a fourth man in there. There's another one in the fire. The title of my sermon today is, There's Another in the Fire with Us. No matter what fire you're in, there's another one with you in that fire. And he said, you come. And, and it was so, it so amazed the king that he, that he said, you, you come out of there. Come out of the fire. And the princes and the governors and the captains and the counselors gathered together. They saw these men, now catch this, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was there a hair of their head even singed, neither were their coats burned, neither was there even any smell of smoke upon them. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who, what, trusted him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve or worship any god except their own god, Jehovah. Therefore, I make a decree that every nation, every people, every language who speak anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces. He's a pretty violent guy. And their houses will be made a dunghill because there is no God. There is no other God who can deliver like that. Wow, wow, what a, what a proclamation, right? I mean, you know, there is no God. Think of this. These men were saved by God in a supernatural manner they escaped death, the fire didn't touch them, was done by the power of God who made their bodies so superior to the fire that it could not consume them. Yet what a statement of trust. We know that God is able to deliver us. We know that God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, that's what I like, even if he doesn't, O king, we're not going to bow our knees to your name. 
No matter what the government says, no matter what other people say, there's only one God, and that's the one we serve. Hallelujah. And, you know, and so uh, that's the same thing that Paul understood, you see. He told Timothy, he says, for the, I, I suffer all these things that he's gone through in his life in 2 Timothy 1.12. And I am not ashamed, for I know in whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. He, Paul said, I know all this stuff has happened to me, but I know I serve a God who is able to keep me against all these things, no matter what happens to me. I know I serve a God who is able. He preserved those men in the fiery furnace, and he is able to uphold you and me just as well. We're engraved on the palms of the hands of God. We're his children. God is able. How in the world could they say that looking at that furnace that was seven times hotter than they'd ever seen? I mean, think about the world they lived in. They didn't have many material comforts. They didn't have cars like this with air conditioning. They didn't have a hospital. They didn't have any way to stop the ravaging diseases or plagues. Oh, neither do we except God. I am believing that God is going to get glory out of the midst of all this. My prayer has been from the day one that God somehow in the midst of this pandemic will, there's not going to just be an awakening. People won't be just touched for a day or two like they did with 9-11. That people are going to be say, I need God. I want God to get the glory out of this thing. Okay. And he is going to, he is able, he will. I believe that. But they didn't have any. They didn't have any people to give them food in a famine. They didn't have any indoor plumbing. Uh, they had murderous tyrants, and on and on it went. And it was hard time they lived in. What Daniel and those three men went through, uh, you know, was very unbelievable. But you know what? God always met them at their point of need. He always does. For my God shall supply all my need according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. His promises were always fulfilled, and even if they weren't, they believed that he cared for them and would bring about the best for them no matter what came. They had doubts, but you know what they said? <laughs> we don't care. We're going to only serve God no matter what comes our way. We're not bowing our knee. And I, I say today that, God, that God's people need to declare, our God is able. Our God is able to deliver us. They had faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In Isaiah chapter 43, the first two verses, it says it this way. This is what the Lord says. The one who created you, O Jacob, the one who formed you, Israel, don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by, my, by your name. You are mine. I will be with you when you pass through the waters. I will be with you when you pass through the rivers. They will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire and the flame will not burn you. Do you think the same God who delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had forgotten what happened? The Holy Spirit spoke through the prophet Isaiah and said, I want you to tell the world, I want you to tell my people that I'm with them through no matter what. When the river comes, it will not drown them. When the fire comes, it shall not burn them. You tell them that I, just as I delivered Shadrach and Abishak and Abednego, I will deliver you. Don't forget it. So as the prophet Isaiah spoke under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, don't you think the Spirit knew and remembered what happened so long ago to Shadrach? Nebuchadnezzar was so astonished that he said to his servants when he saw those men in the fire, 
Didn't we cast three men into the fire? That's true. That's true, they said. Yep, that's true. Well, look, I see four men walking, and they're loose, and they're walking around in the middle of the flames, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God, or a Son of God, but we know, the son of, we know which one he's talking about. You see, here's what I know. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego heard that the king had made a golden image and heard that the king had now proclaimed that everyone who would not bow their knee to that would be thrown into a furnace, they had to make a decision. What will we do when the music sounds? What will we do when the government tells us that we, that we have to do this? We can't worship God anymore. What will we do? And they made a decision. They said, no matter what comes, we are not going to bow our knee. We serve God. We serve Jesus. We serve the Father. We're not serving Nebuchadnezzar. We're not serving the government. And so when, when the music played that day, they stood up while everybody else bowed down. And do you know what happened in heaven right at that moment? I believe this with all my mind, soul, and spirit, that when heaven saw the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stand, when everyone else fell, they took notice of it. All of heaven rejoiced for people of faith that will stand according to the word of God and believe God no matter what, to obey God or obey men. That's always the choice. They were not going to worship a man. They stood in defiance of the royal decree, and at that moment, a thrill went through heaven. I know it. And when the king brought them in front of him, and they still refused to bow their knees to him, they declared, we might burn, but we're not going to bow, king. You can't make us. I tell you what happened at that moment. The Son of God himself took notice of their faith. You see, Hebrews 11.6 tells us that without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. The Son of God himself took notice of the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that day. And he said, if you, if you say you're not going to bow, then I'll see to it that you're not going to burn either. And when the soldiers threw those boys into the furnace, I believe the Son of God hurled himself through time and space. And in a moment's time, he was at their side as they were being ushered into the, being thrown into the furnace. And before they'd even gotten through the door, they'd ripped their ropes off. <laughs> and he clothed them with his glory, clothed them with the Shekinah of God, the glory of God, the fire of God that is greater than any fire any man can ever do. They were clothed with divine glory in that fire as the Son of God. God walked through the fire with them. Hallelujah. Far, far greater, far superior fire was upon them. It couldn't penetrate. It made them resistant. It made them fireproof, if you will. They were loosed from their ropes, unhurt and untouched, and they walked in the flames of the fourth man, the Son of God. He stepped out of heaven, and the one who was able brought their deliverance because he saw their faith, and he rewarded it. 
And as a result, Nebuchadnezzar himself acknowledged them as servants of the Most High God. No God can deliver like that. You ha people have to serve this God, is what he said. Understand, that's what Isaiah 54, 17 is all about. No weapon formed against you shall succeed. No weapon forged against you will prevail. You will refute every tongue that rises up against you. That's the inheritance that you have as a servant of the Lord. Do you hear me? No weapon formed against you can succeed. No weapon formed against you can succeed. I don't care what it looks like. You see, these, these three young men, they knew God through his word. They knew the Torah. And when God said back there in the Old Testament, he said, I'm the God that heals you. I'm Jehovah Rapha. You know what they did? They believed it. When God said he was their peace, he was Jehovah Shalom, they believed it. And they stopped worrying. They believed the word of the Lord that said, I am Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides every need that you have. They stopped being concerned about it. When he said, I'm Jehovah Nissi, I'm your banner over you. They waved the flag of the Lord in front of them as they stood in defiance to the king that day. If God said he was Jehovah Shammah, that means he is there. They trusted that he would be with them through every fire, through every trouble, through every terrible situation, every difficulty that they had. There was no temple for them to go to. There was no church to go to. There was no Bible to read except some of the Old Testament scrolls, but they'd heard of his promises, and they'd heard of his word, and they'd heard of his power, and they'd heard of his miracles, and you know what? They believed it, and they put their trust in the awesome power of the one they served. They trusted God in spite of what it looked like. They believed him today for what they knew of him from before, from yesterday. That's why it's so important that we understand Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He hasn't changed. What God did for Shadrach, he'll do for you. Hallelujah. You know, how can you have faith to persevere in the midst of all these great trials? What gave them, what, what, what causes our faith to waver when things don't go like we thought it should? We've got all this stuff, this great knowledge, all these, these great tools that I can't even see today. Thank God I'm still old school. I can still see this, okay? We've got all this technology. We've got abundant food. You can go to... I was talking to Justin the other day, and, and he said he went to Arby's, and he had the biggest sandwich they had. I looked it up on the Internet. I think there's like a million calories in that one sandwich. It's every piece of meat. Hannah works at Arby's, so when she go through the... Check out line, say hello to, but I, it's, it's, I said, how'd you get your mouth around that thing? We have abundant food. We have material comforts. We have advanced medical care, but we also live in a time of lack. We live in a time of fear of terrorism, economic downturns, upheaval in the world, uh, biological plagues, COVID viruses that medicines uh, can't eradicate, and on and on. We have great churches, and we have multitudes of translations of Bible. We can access every kind of translation at the moment at the drop of a hand. I can put it on my tablet. There's every translation in the whole world. And you know what? Here's the thing. This is why so much of the church has a problem. And yet we relegate God to a couple of hours once a week, if that. We rationalize away the power of God 
and the promises of God that Daniel and his three friends trusted in. Why? Why do we do that? These men and women, you know, you have to understand, you think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were great giants of faith? No, they weren't. They're just ordinary people. They're ordinary men who believe God. Are you an ordinary person? Absolutely, we're all ordinary. But we believe God. We serve a great God. That's what made them great. They believed in a great God. They believed God's word to them. They, they lived in a world of great threats and false gods. And yet when they were squeezed, what came out of them was trust, was faith in God. When you're put into the fire, what comes out of you? Fear or faith? Courage or unbelief? See, I know the main reason we don't have the kind of faith these people had is because we don't really know the Son of God. We don't really, how, how can you trust someone you don't have a relationship with? We always tell people when they want to get saved, you know, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. But you know what? How good is your relationship with the Lord today? And relationship, when I say relationship, I'm doing premarital counseling for, just finished it up with Joseph and, and with Joelle. And, and they're in a wonderful relationship. And so when we talk about relationship, that's good. And people think about, I got to spend hours and hours and hours a day with, that's good if you can do it. But you know what? Relationship is built a little by little, day by day, as we acknowledge the Lord and we let him direct our lives. We let him in and we see his hand upon our lives and, and we trust him and, and we know his word and we take time to read it and we meditate upon it and, and we come to hear it preached and taught and discussed. We, we come Sunday morning. We, we come when we have Wednesday nights again. We come to Sunday school. We come to care groups. And you know, the, you know the main reason people don't do all that? I, I think the besetting sin of much of the church is pride. You say pride? That's right, pride. We have a choice to make. We have a choice as to who's going to be in control of our lives. When I got saved, I couldn't wait to assemble myself together with the body of Christ. I couldn't wait to get into word. I couldn't wait to get into prayer. I couldn't wait to get into worship time. We have a choice. But we have, well, our choice is who are you going to let control your life? You're going to let fear control it. You're going to let the government control it. You're going to let your money control it. You're going to let your, you know, your parents control it, your, your children. No, we're going to let God control our lives. We're going to ask him first, seek him first, it says. See, otherwise, we're double-minded. No wonder we can't have what we, what we say we want. Because Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he's done, he's going to do. The reason we look at a book like this and read it and see the stories of people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is to build our faith because what happened for them, God's still the same. He'll do it for you. He'll do it for me. He, he either loves us or he doesn't. Either he has our best interests at heart or he doesn't. Either we trust him with everything or we trust him with nothing. But then, you know, I was amazed by the statement that those young men said, we, God is able. But even if he doesn't, O king, we're still not bowing our knee. What happens to our faith when Jehovah Rapha doesn't heal us immediately? What happens when Almighty God doesn't seem to answer our prayers right now? You know what's amazing to me? the world is going to put their trust in a vaccine. It may take weeks, months, years. Do you know right now there is no vaccine for any other coronavirus? What happens if we don't have a vaccine? We're going to put our trust in medicine 
to heal us, if it does at all, but we, we're going to wait years and weeks and days and months for it, but we won't wait 10 minutes for God. I don't know if you know the update about Shelly and Janice Patterson, but they were diagnosed with COVID a few weeks ago. And if anybody had, to, had the right to have, be afraid, they certainly did. I mean, Shelly's got COPD, he's got heart problems, he's got diabetes, blood pressure issues, and he's a man. I mean, he's got five strikes against him. And Janice has been in that wheelchair for over 50 years. And actually, she wants to go home. But you know what? People prayed. Yeah, and they got hydroxychloroquine and all the other stuff. But people prayed. And you know what? They're doing great. Give God some glory. They're doing great. Hallelujah! God is able to deliver. See? But we're going to trust in medicine. But we won't wait 10 minutes for God to show up without losing faith in him. Shadrach and his friends said, he'll deliver us now, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to lose faith. They struggled with doubts and fears just like you and I do, but, the, but ultimately they overcame that by putting their trust in God because they believed him no matter what. No matter what. You see, I, I think the church has compromised the word of God. We prayed. I don't mean this church. I just mean the church in general. We pray for stuff, and we don't see it. And so rather than suggest that there might be an issue with us, we say, oh, well, we prayed for their healing, but they died. It must not be God's will to heal. We come up with a whole new theology in order to deal with our, our failures. Not God's failures, our failures. We prayed. Is that what Shadrach said? No, he said, even if I don't see it, I still believe it. I'm not going to compromise and bow, my, bow down to the God of this world, to the medicine and all the rest of it. You know what? There are trials in this life. Sometimes we can go through fiery furnaces in our lives. Sometimes it burns fiercely with sickness and affliction. Maybe there's a marital problem. Maybe it's a financial situation. You name it. The issues of life can be fiery furnaces that we all have to deal with. What will you do when you're faced with a furnace and all you see is the fire? Will you say God is able? You say, Lord, I know you're good all the time. And you know what? Even if I don't see it, I believe you are still good all the time. Or will you say, well, I guess God didn't really mean it. After all, he's given us doctors, right? He's given us medicine and scientists. Let's put our trust in the scientists of this world and the professors. They know what they're talking about, right? Honk if you don't believe that. <laughs> They don't. You know what God told Joshua? He said, Joshua, I want you to understand this. I'm with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in Hebrews 13, 5, Paul writes to us under the inspiration of the Spirit, and he reaffirms that promise to us. Jesus promises. Hear the word of the Lord to you this morning. Jesus promises. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I will never leave you, he said. I will never forsake you, no matter what you're going through. You and I can have the same kind of faith because we know that God is with us. And Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? There is no other God who can deliver like this one can. 
We still serve a supernatural God who cares for his children and a God who sent his son, the fourth man in the fiery furnace to, to Shadrach, and he's made a way for every one of us who walk with him through every fiery trial that we ever face in this world. He's given us the Holy Spirit as a deposit, as a portion of our inheritance, so we'll know that God is with us through no matter what. And I can't think of a time in my all my years that God has never met me and not met my need and not blessed me. Don't you remember what Joseph was told by the angel when he saw the dream that he was about to have a son? Call his name Jesus. His name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. God is with us when you face the hard times, when you face the fiery furnace of a lost job, when you face the fiery furnace of a COVID, when you face the fiery furnace of cancer, divorce, the trials of life. Jesus was the fourth person in the fire with his three servants. God was there with the three men, and they was there because of their faith. God is with us too, and you and I can have courage in the midst of difficult situations. Why do we doubt that God will see us through when we're confronted with the furnaces of this life? I want to tell you this morning, when you're faced with a fire, get ready because the fourth man, there's another one coming to walk in the fire with you. It might have seemed like a dark hour, and it was, but suddenly there were four men in the fire. He'll do that for you. Here comes Jesus. Get ready. He sees you in the middle of the fiery trial of your life. Somebody without hope, somebody about to burn. But here he comes with his arms outstretched to rip off your bonds of sin and slavery. He, he comes to save you. If you call upon his name, he's our intercessor in the time of the storms. He hasn't forgotten us. Even when you feel alone and you think that nobody cares, he says, I will not forsake you. When you think nobody's listening to you, he's the one who sticks closer than a brother. He hasn't. He loves you. He died for you. He came into this world for us. The fire will not burn you. You will come out even without the smell of smoke into your miracle because he's the way maker. If you believe and won't give up and won't quit, he's there with you. I'm nearly done. Our problem is this. It's going to take the supernatural power of God to bring about our deliverance and the deliverance of our families and our friends. How can you have faith like Shadrach when you don't know him and you don't have that relationship? You cannot testify to the power of God and proclaim it to the world if you're not believers of it yourself and myself. We've compromised the truth in so many ways in the church. In two weeks... We're going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday, the birth of the church. Hallelujah. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit came upon the world again. And you know what it said? A, a rushing mighty wind, a sound of a rushing mighty wind came in and filled the whole house. And you know what sat upon each of their heads? tongues of fire, the glory of God, the Shekinah of God. You know what that fire does? It makes you fireproof to the trials of life, if you'll trust in the Lord, if you'll believe in the Spirit of God, if you'll trust His Word, no matter what comes at you. We're going to celebrate the birth of the church, and I'm praying for such an outpouring at Pentecost 
that God will move once again upon this nation and upon this world to show himself mighty on his own behalf. Tongues of fire came down upon them, and tongues of men glorified him in all languages they didn't know. The tongues of men and angels were glorifying God as the fire of God came. We have to be the people of faith to show the world who our God is, and we have to be able to proclaim that God is able. God is able. God is able. God is able. I don't care what it looks like. Our God is able. And I want to tell you, even if he doesn't, Come, he's a good God, and he loves you. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He's our healer. He's our king. He's our Lord. He's our God. He's our fourth man in the fires of this life. God is with us always and forever. I want you today to put your trust in the, in the hand of God. Put your trust in the one, in the fourth man who was walking in the fire. Hallelujah. Somebody shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our God is what? Able. Say it in your cars with me. God is able. God is able. Say it at home. Say it at home. God is able. He is able to deliver it. And the king said, there is no other God who can deliver like this. It took faith to face the great trials of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. It took faith to face the trials of Paul. It took faith to face the trials of the apostles. It's taken faith for the last 2,000 years to stand upon the truth of the Word of God and not give in and not bow our knee. It took faith. I thought the other day as I was writing this of the faith of those men that ISIS cut their necks off, cut their heads off. The faith that it stood not to convert to Islam. The faith that it took to be burned alive in a cage. The faith that it takes in India right now. The persecuted church to stand and say, I believe, I trust in the fourth man. There's another in the fire with me. And no matter what I see, I'm not giving in. I'm not bowing my knee. We got an awfully easy church. I'm telling you today, have faith in God. No matter what it looks like, no matter what the world says, have faith in God for he is able and he's willing. And even if we don't see it, we believe no matter what. When you're anxious or afraid, let us remember that God is with us and not against us. He's never left us. He's always here. He is still Jehovah Shammah. He is still Jehovah Rapha. He is still Jehovah Jireh. He is still God Almighty. He is still the fourth man who looses us from the chains of this world and brings us free into a life uh, even in the midst of the fire. He didn't say there wouldn't be fires. He didn't say there wouldn't be rivers. He said they won't overwhelm you. They won't drown you. They won't burn you. You'll go through them and you'll come out on the other side refined as gold and silver for this world. Let us show the world that faith in God moves mountains. Faith in God still heals the sick. Faith in God still provides miracles for this world. The world will know, just as Nebuchadnezzar knew, of your faith when they see you walking through the fires of this life, loose because there's someone else walking in the fire with you. Would you bow your heads wherever you are with me? 
Father God, we thank you. First of all, if there's one listening that doesn't know you as Lord, as their Savior, as their soon-coming King, then put your trust in God like never before. Even if you don't see it, let him show up. He'll show you himself. He'll reveal himself to you. He'll say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my backsliding. Forgive me of not wanting you to be in control of my life. Father, I come to you. I ask you, Lord, change my heart. Come and live big inside of me. Fill me with your spirit and save me. I call you Lord. I call you Savior. I call you soon coming King. Amen. And for the rest of us, as your heads are bowed today, let us personally commit to build a relationship with the one who walks through the fire with us. We have this time off. Spend some time in prayer. Spend some time in the Word. Spend some time watching these anointed young people as they worship the Lord on video. Pray without ceasing. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Build up your most holy faith so that you can too can walk through whatever fire the enemy might send your way. In Jesus' name, build your church, Jesus. Thank you for being here with us. Walk through the fire. with. There is another one in the fires of life with us. Amen and amen. Somebody give God the glory today. God bless you this morning.